Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror. Fantasy. Crime. LGBT. Thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery. With your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and Al Warren. Heard on KCB 106.5 FM Los Angeles. 102.3 FM Riverside. And 1050 AM Palm Springs. Today is another great show. We have um, a couple of guests for you. Um, of course, we've had Ron Chepsick here before, and he's brought us a, a guest and a very special story. Um, so, first of all, welcome, Ron. Uh, thank you for inviting me back to the show. And the special guest we have is John Mark Dugan, all the way from um, the mother country, uh, Russia. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, well, let's first let's first bring in Ron. Now, Ron, um, how did you get um, to meet and get connected with uh, John uh, Dugan? Well, uh, one day, I guess it must have been about a year and a half, or so ago, I stumbled on John's um, story, and uh, it was very interesting. And John can explain, you know, uh, his story t- uh, to you. But essentially, uh, here you have a an ex-cop that uh, uh, got in trouble with the FBI and was living in Moscow, and he had written a book about it. And of course, I have a crime show myself, uh, Crime Beat, and um, I said, "Wow, this would be a really interesting guest to, to have on my show. It's an unusual subject." And so I invited John on my show and it went real well and re- really good response and all that and um, uh, I was uh, you know thinking about the, the the book and I went back over it and I said hey, you know, this would make an interesting film project and of course I'm a screenwriter and I'm always looking for interesting subjects to write about and uh, I said wow I said this might uh, this might work you know so anyways I, I, uh, I talked to John and John was amenable to working together, and so that's how we got started. I'm working on uh, what I uh, decided in the end would, would be um, a, a TV series. So I'm writing a pilot and uh, what they call a series Bible, which is sort of an outline of that. And so that's how I got. And then um, I decided that uh, you know I wanted to uh, you know uh, to see John in person, and uh, John invited me to uh, Moscow, 
And so uh, about, uh, uh, I guess about a month ago or so, uh, well, actually it's about three weeks ago, uh, I, I ended up uh, going to Moscow to see John. I spent a week there, and it became a very interesting time and unexpected, a lot of twists and turns, which we'll talk about a little later. So it's, it's a constant, uh, it's a constant uh, watch on... Uh Mr. Dugan, so so John, let's let's go to you. Um, let, let's give a little bit about your your background. I, I I'm quite aware of it already, but just for the listeners, let's talk about uh, who you are and where it all started. Well, uh, I enlisted in the Marine Corps in uh, 1996. I was honorably discharged in 1999. Um, <clears throat> I owned a, a horse shipping company and a database building company after that. And I got bored and I uh, became a uh, police officer in uh, about 2002. And uh, I was a police officer until uh, 2009 when uh, I started blowing the whistle on uh, some really unsavory things happening in uh, my department. And uh, my department at the time was the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office. Um, and uh, you know, once I uh, once I became uh, uh, once I stepped across that thin blue line, so to speak, um, speaking up about uh, I guess you would say injustices that I didn't like, um, then uh, you know the uh, the administration put a target on my back, and I had to get out of police work. So let's let's talk about that. So first of all, what did you first notice that you thought was um, wrong about uh, what was going on with the police? Well, I mean, you know, there in any profession, there's things that are always going to be wrong. But um, what really what really pushed me over the edges, um, I uh, I put in for a transfer to a really bad area because you know, for me. You know, the more excitement, the better. And uh, the bad area happened to be a place called Belgrade. And um, uh, when I got out there, there was a sergeant and his group of guys. They were running around in tactical gear, uh, just beating the absolute crap out of, uh, like, uh, Mexicans and, and uh, blacks. And, uh, you know, I mean, they... They'd falsify charges against them. Um, they'd beat them for no reason. Uh, they'd send them to the hospital, and they'd take their photos and post them on Facebook, writing comments about how, oops, they found it on the stairs, or I wanted to beat this guy more, but his children were there. And it was really an awful, awful situation. And I decided I didn't want to stand for it. So uh, I took their Facebook postings, <clears throat> and uh, I sent them to Internal Affairs, and Internal Affairs tracked it back to me, and uh, that's when uh, you know that's when all hell broke loose. Now that must have shocked you, right? Because you say that it brought it back to you. Uh, so, did they ever do anything to the people that were assaulting uh, minorities at all? Well. Um, they put one guy on probation. They fired another guy. But, you know, at first they weren't doing anything. And when they refused to do anything, I took the Facebook posting 
and I sent them to the media, to the Palm Beach Post. And uh, then that, then they didn't really have a choice. They put the sergeant on probation, so he didn't get fired for that. He got fired eventually for yelling at a white woman over the intercom on his uh, on his uh, car. So, hmm. but uh, yeah. So, so what did they do to you then? How did you find that they felt? Oh, gee. You? Like what? What was the first thing so you I noticed? Went, I I I went from deputy of the month twice in 2008. Now we're talking out of 4,000 people. I went deputy of the month twice into having five internal affairs investigations for a myriad of things. I mean, we're talking about uh, getting involved in a civil matter where the uh, it was a car being repossessed and a lady, a very large lady, uh, who was the uh, owner of the car, um, had to get her car seat out of the back. And, you know, she was too fat, excuse me, to... Uh, to, to reach the buckle on the other side, and they helped her out. And uh, so I got written up for getting involved in a civil matter. And you know, and I'm like, you know, if you guys are going to write me up for something so stupid, then just go ahead. But I'm not going to let some some little kid ride without a car seat because uh, you know you didn't want me getting involved in a civil matter. It's ridiculous. But you name it. You know, they they tried to backdate a traffic accident where. Uh, um, a four-wheeler had run into my parked police car. They backdated it as an accident. Did, did you find that the local police that you were working with turned against you then, or how was that? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Why Why? Why do, you, I, think, why do you think that was? Just because you kind of ratted a couple cops out? Yeah, you know, I mean, you don't do that in police work. But... You know, in police work, you shouldn't be putting the other guys in the positions they were putting other guys in, you know. So, hmm. you know, I had to make a, I had to make a choice, uh, a moral choice, whether I'm going to let that go on or whether I'm not, you know, and I chose not. Okay, so you retired then from the police then. And w what was your next move? What, what did you take on then? Well, I started a bunch of uh, whistleblower websites all around the country where uh, good cops could go on and they could post problems within their police departments uh, without fear of uh, getting caught, fear of retaliation. And, so, and how did that go? Like, was it successful? Or did you have good feedback? Or? Oh, it was incredible, yeah. Like... Um, I had uh, I had one uh, website for uh, her in California, and then a bunch of the city councilmen got indicted for, for information that was coming out on corruption. Um, there was another uh, I had another one for uh, Renton, Washington, where uh, the police were involved in all sorts of shenanigans, and then of course Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office uh, was my main one. And, um, I mean, the, the amount of stuff that I exposed on there was just incredible, you know. The sheriff blowing uh, $90,000 on three barbecue grills for his campaign uh, uh, re-election. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, he bought 140 uh, unmarked cars to give to civilian managers 
has perks for helping him with his reelection. Um, taking uh, members of the mafia to uh, lavish dinners on the taxpayer dime. I mean, just incredible, incredible stuff. Wow. So now, um, now you are no longer a cop, and you're doing this kind of um, sleuthing on online. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure the reaction was was. Uh, bad as far as the police and as far as Palm Beach County. Um, so Well, they investigated me for, for seven years. But what, so what were they trying to do now at that point? Well, at that point, they were on a fishing expedition. And they were looking at anything they could to try to get me uh, thrown in jail. And so then... How did it become where all of a sudden you got um, the FBI raiding your house? So, in 2015, I was told by a cop, I was like, by a, a, a friend of mine, said, hey, uh, this guy Mark Lewis is up to something. He's like, they're going to have you put in jail, they're going to have you killed. You better figure out what's going on. So I said, okay. So... What I did is I, I, uh, you know, at this point I, I owned a telecom company and, uh, I set up some servers around the, uh, around the world where I would route my voice, um, off, offshore into one server where my voice would be changed. It would route it into New York and then bounce it back onto the wire where I could make a telephone call down to Florida and it, looked like it was coming from a New York, uh, like a Manhattan number. And I called this investigator, Mark Lewis. He thought I was a woman. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't call him uh, because of, um, I, I didn't call him for a police matter. I called him because I knew he had a construction, uh, like a home renovation business. So I called him on the pretext that we were, uh, me and my boyfriend, remember I sounded like a woman uh, we're moving down to Florida and wanted a house remodeled so he was happy to help and I spoke to him for a few days and then I I told him that how oh, I broke up with my boyfriend and you know I faked crying and all this other stuff and I mean he fought at hook, line, and sinker and he started flirting with me and uh, he thought he was talking to this wealthy Wall Street heiress uh, whose father owned a um, company that did mergers and acquisitions of uh, um, uh, stock brokerage houses. And um, I talked to this guy, I don't know, hours and hours. I've got 20 different conversations of him admitting to all manner of crimes, um, from hacking to um, money laundering, um, abusing his power to silence dissidents for the sheriff, um, lying, falsifying documents to get warrants, uh, torture, and uh, you know, and I knew that they were going to play this game where they said, "Oh, well, we knew it was this guy John Dugan, so we were just going along with him." I, I convinced this guy to buy a hundred and nineteen thousand dollars worth of a. Uh, Stock. I, I told him that uh, Deutsche Bank was buying a small brokerage house 
and that their stock was going to double. So he did. He went out and he drained his Wells Fargo account, and he bought this stock um, for 119,000, which instantly dumped. He probably lost 20 or 40,000 bucks on it. But um, yeah, but uh, you know, at least I had proof that you know. I mean, look, if he if he knew it was really me, he wouldn't have bought the stock, you right. know? Yeah, of course. So uh, I went to the FBI with all of this, and they did, guess what they did? They did nothing. So, so, so uh, did they investigate, or did they just refuse it? No, they told me that, you know, they weren't going to be bothered with it. Oh. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So I uh, I said okay, and uh, I, I said, well, if if uh, your if my privacy isn't sacred to you, then your privacy is not sacred to me. And what I did is I I harvested about 800 million rows of public data, and I wrote an algorithm to match up uh, uh, certain pieces of data and extrapolate who uh, out of those 800 million rows were confidential protected sources. Um, that had leaked into uh, the public domain. So out of these public uh, out of these public sources, I was able to pull out 14,000 names of FBI, CIA, DEA officers. Their uh, their names, their addresses, their phone numbers. And I posted it online. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. You're you're making the next step. So how how did they respond to that? Ah, oh, well, they uh, they uh, raided my house. <laughs> they took everything. And they put surveillance teams on me. So what, what was their excuse when they raided your house um, and, and did that? Um, what did they say the reason was? Hacking. Oh, okay. So... Uh, and And so did they actually charge you, or did they just tell you this is the reason no because they didn't have the evidence right so they took everything they took all my computers uh they took all my hard drives and uh they put they had surveillance teams watching me 24 7 wow so so what did what did you do then like what was your next thing to do then what what were you left to do so i went down to the keys so at first I didn't realize that I was being watched. Uh, I went down to the Keys and I rented a boat. I was going to take it to Cuba. And um, that night I caught uh, I caught um, one of the surveillance teams in the marina watching me. Uh, and it was a total fluke. But I went I I went to the uh, bathroom and instead of going back to the boat that I was sleeping on, I decided to go for a little walk because I couldn't sleep. And I went around the backside of the marina, and there was a like a suburban or a Tahoe with a whole bunch of the whole back of it was glowing with surveillance equipment, and I could see like a uh, like a camera feed pointing at the uh, the boat that I happened to be on, and uh, a dude in the back jumped out and uh, used his body to block the uh, to, to block the glow. And he, he says very, uh, um, very, I guess you say suspiciously, um, uh, that 
Oh, hey, how you doing? I'm I'm uh I'm waiting for a charter, blah blah blah, you know. And I'm just like, Oh yeah, okay. And I just kinda went along with the story that I knew. And I knew I was being watched. So uh I scrapped that idea and I went back to Palm Beach County and I stopped at my mom's house. I got a wig out of her drawer and a pair of blue sunglasses and a change of clothing. I put everything into a bag. And I had uh, somebody leave me a car on the north side of uh, the Palm Beach Gardens Mall. And uh, I went into the Palm Beach Gardens Mall on the south side, uh, went into a couple of stores, went to a dressing room, and I changed. I put on the wig and the blue glasses, and uh, I left. I left out the north side of the mall, got into the car, and started driving north. Threw away my phone, uh, got, got three new burner phones, uh, use them at different times, and uh, I made my way up north. Um, and when I got there, I uh, called around to different uh, aircraft rental companies, and uh, I rented a small, uh, small aircraft, a 172. I told the uh, owner I was writing a book on plate tectonics, and that I needed to fly over some uh, GPS coordinates in Canada. Now, for that, you don't need. Um, you don't need TSA clearance to get out. Uh, I, I knew my passport was uh, already blocked. I was on the no-fly list. Um, and I know because I tried to buy tickets uh, to leave the country, and I was informed by uh, the lady at the airline that uh, uh, she couldn't inform me why, but uh, but she wasn't allowed me to sell me tickets. So I, I knew right then I was on the no-fly list. So... Uh, I, I rented this airplane, and uh, the first set of coordinates were over a small airfield in Canada. And uh, as soon as we got over him, I, I, I told the guy I was having a heart attack. <laughs> and he made an emergency landing, and I jumped out. I threw him some cash, grabbed my bag, and I took off through the woods, you know? Yeah. Um, and, of course, I, I just looked awful because uh, I hit my head on a tree. I'm just like gushing blood, but uh, I made it to a bus, and I made it to uh, Toronto Airport, and um, I took the first flight, uh, Turkish Airlines. Uh, I, I got a flight to uh, Istanbul and then to Moscow. Well, now, so what made you choose Moscow? Well, number one, they don't have an extradition treaty with the United States. Okay. And number two, they're the, really, Russia is like the only government that's strong enough to stand up to the United States. Okay. So, so you you kind of figured you would um, go there so that they couldn't get you back and then um, uh, you felt safer. Uh, what, what did the Russians want, or did they? Nothing. Nothing. They wanted absolutely nothing. I didn't get any knocks on the door. They didn't ask me for anything. Absolutely nothing. And still to this day, I'm still waiting for uh, for, for a knock on the door. Maybe the intelligence services to come uh, say, hey, come help us with this or whatever. But no, no it's never happened. Alan, can I interject there? Yeah. I was waiting for a knock on the door myself when I went to visit his <laughs> son. I I thought they were going to show up, and it was amazing. There was absolutely no, no presence of any kind that made 
made me feel uncomfortable when I was there. You know, John might as well have been living in the U.S., you know what I mean? Wow. Except for the excitement surrounding, you know, the Epstein tapes we're going to talk about. Yeah. But actually, you know, that was true. I mean, it was just it was a normal situation, you know. He was just living there, and there was no, no, no connection, you know, to uh, any kind of connection to, uh, you know, the Russian government at all. John, you left you left your family and kids as well is that right or how how is that yeah how, so how does that work like what did you tell them or did did no okay i didn't tell anybody i mean i didn't even tell my dad because the last thing i wanted is for anybody to be accused of helping me flee the country um where the fbi could use that as leverage against them to get me back and so now, uh, you're, I understand you're becoming a citizen or trying to become a citizen of Russia. Uh, trying. Yeah. What, so what's the basis of that, if you don't mind me asking? Are you saying that, uh, like, for what reason are you becoming Russian, let's say? Well, look, I'm a stateless person now, you know? Right. I mean, uh, I can't go home. Um, I, I like this country very much, you know? Um it's it's a beautiful place, Ron will tell you. It's not like people in the West think it is. It's absolutely different. Um, I have a great time here. I have a lot of friends. And, uh, you know, um, loyalty is a two-way street. When I needed protection from my government, they gave it to me. And, uh, you know, my own government stabbed me in the back. So, uh, you know, this is my new home. This is my new country. And as such, I want my citizenship. Sounds like Jason Bourne. <laughs> now, you're there in Russia now and working on citizenship, and and it wasn't too long ago you decided to release information, um, just in September, I believe, and, and it was on um, Jeffrey Epstein and, um, and Prince Andrew, I believe, and, and a whole pile of stuff. First of all, where, where did that information come from? So let, let me let me just clarify this for you. Okay. I didn't decide to I didn't decide to release it. Right. It, my hand was kind of forced when the uh, when MI6 reported that I had this information. Okay. So um, so back in 2010, um, I had a friend, uh, Joe Bricari, and he was a de- detective with the Palm Beach Police Department. Um, that's different. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I was with the uh, Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office. So it's a different... Like, I was a large jurisdiction. He was a small town within my jurisdiction. And, um, you know, I, I wasn't involved in the Epstein investigation at all. But, uh, no, I, I had some things that overlapped uh, with uh, Ricari because, because my, uh, my zone uh, butted up against the town of Palm Beach. Um, technically, the town of Palm Beach was in my zone. So we, we had maintained a professional friendship over the years, and when I stopped and I became known as like the guy that could keep secrets, he came to me with uh, a bunch of boxes with the stuff, and he said, hey, I want you to keep this for me. It was probably about 2010, and, uh, you know, I had, I had, what, five or six servers in my living room at this point. I said, yeah, sure, no problem. And I burned uh, I burned a bunch of uh, DVDs he had um, into uh, an encrypted container and scanned a bunch of documents into the into an encrypted container. And uh, next day he came, he took everything back, and uh, that was it. And I I never asked him what it was for, you know. Um, I had an idea what it was, um, but uh, you know I did this for a lot of guys. I kept a lot of documents on a lot of different cases for a lot of different people. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So this, so, uh, this Joe Ricari, he was he was working on the Epstein case, or, or do you know of? Or yeah, he was. Yeah, he was the lead detective on the Epstein case. Oh, okay. Yeah, and um, so. So, in, so just this last, you know, I had, I had really forgotten about most of this stuff. And just this last September, um, I got a call from a reporter asking me about, like, Epstein, what I knew about it. And honestly, I didn't know much about the case because um, it wasn't my jurisdiction, it wasn't my case, and uh, I never really spoke to Ricari about it. So this investigative reporter from the Times in London starts asking me about it, and I, he's, he's really beating around the bush. I didn't know exactly what he wanted, so I just kind of gave him generic answers and told him I didn't really know much, uh, although I was surprised that Ricari had died. I, I didn't know. Um, I mean, I knew I knew a little bit before that conversation. And then this article comes out saying that MI6 um, is worried that I have compromising information on Prince Andrew. And I'm like, oh, Christ. So, you know, my logic was, because um, I had actually never looked at the contents. 
So if they knew that I had compromising information on Prince Andrew, well, if you remember, in 2016, the FBI took all my computers. They had copies of everything that I had. And um, the the one saving grace that I had is uh, I had an off-site backup that I used to keep, and it was shipped to me here in Russia in 2017. And the FBI found out in 2019 that this drive was shipped to me. So, so the FBI must have looked at the contents of my computer, okay? Mm-hmm. They must have seen all of the Epstein videos. They must have seen all the documents from Mercari. And uh, they must have known exactly what was in there. And then when they found out that I had this drive shift, they must have called MI6 and said, hey, um, um, there's this information, we have a copy of it, and we just found out that it's made its way to Russia. So the FBI had to have the knowledge of what was in there and because they would have never told MI6. And, and to back up what John was saying, um, I didn't know anything about <laughs> Epstein until I read that article. John, send me the article. He appeared in the British paper saying, you know, and uh, falsely claiming also that he was uh, somehow a Russian asset. So it was a complete surprise to me, and that was the first time that I knew of um, of, uh, of, the, of John's uh, uh, connection to the Epstein case indirectly. And, uh, he, you know, he was the, the keeper of the secrets because I didn't know anything about it at all. But mm. So why do you think the FBI... Um was aware of it. I mean, they raided your place and they got the files. Um, so, why do you think they were worried you were going to come out with it? Um, because they found out that I had this drive shipped to me in 2019, which was a backup. Wow. So, um, now what have you done with it now? Not well. Now that drive is safely uh, stored away somewhere in South Russia. Uh, I've made 10 duplicates, um, and they are sitting on servers all around the world, uh, encrypted. Um, I've got 10 other people that aren't connected with the holders of the other data. Uh, 10 other people have the decryption keys. Um, None of the people with the data know any of the people with the encryption keys. And there are 10 more people who know make contact with the appropriate person uh, in the, uh, with the encryption key to the appropriate uh, data backup. So I thought this out very carefully. Um, if something happens to me, then uh, these keys will be connected to the uh, data backups and everything will be decrypted and disseminated. So the information you have is quite... Um Delicates, should we say? Um, what What do you hope to do with this? Uh, just survive. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I look. I, I get a lot of guilt trips from people saying, you know, uh, you're sitting on this. You should release it. Blah blah blah. But you know, I stood up. I stood up against uh, the criminals in my government already, and I lost my house. I lost my car, I lost my money, uh, I lost my children, and I lost my country. And nobody gave a crap, you know? 
So the only thing I have left is my life and my health. And, um, you know, this is kind of my insurance policy that uh, I can keep both until I get to see my children again. Wow. So now how, how is life in Russia now? Like uh, as far as um, do you have to watch your back? Are you worried about problems happening to you or people trying to get you over there? Well, so it's interesting. I, the night um, the night I dropped Ron off at the airport, I was followed uh, 50 kilometers um, back to uh, my well, close to my apartment in the in the district where I live, which it's not easy to follow somebody for 50 kilometers in Moscow, you know, because none of the roads are straight. Um, getting anywhere is like complete havoc. So, um, so yeah, this car followed me for 50 miles, and uh, I wound up, I ditched my car and took off, like, across some railroad tracks and through some abandoned buildings, and I, and, uh, and uh, I went and I picked up my car the next day. I, uh, I checked, like, the bottom, like, I, I crawled underneath it to make sure there was no uh, explosive devices or GPS tracking devices planted. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of went about my business. And then I drove to Sochi last week, and um, all f- uh, I, I noticed a strange sound. All five of the lug nuts had fallen off of my uh, driver's side rear tire. I don't know how it happened. Um, seems to me it was deliberate because all the other lug nuts on all my other tires were tight. Um, But, uh, you know, how the wheel didn't fall off, I'll never know. Um, And then uh, a couple of nights ago, I wound up with um, glycol poisoning. Glycol poisoning? How did that happen? Something you ate or? I don't know. Um, I went out with some friends, um, and uh, I, I don't know. Hmm. So, so um, are you worried now that they're going to try and kill you, um, and who who they are? You, exactly? you know, it's 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 strange because you would think that these people would want me to stay alive, right? Yeah, that's... But I'm not sure. Um, I, I don't know what the motivation is. I don't know what the end game is. Um, could it be? Could it be that my lug nuts just came loose as a fluke? Maybe. Could it be that I just wound up with glycol um, poisoning from, you know, bad alcohol? Maybe. But these two things happen within a few days of each other. It's just very odd. Um, well, do you know? So now I'm uh, now I'm heading uh, somewhere safe. Uh, I've got a whole bunch of Cessna uh, guys going to be kind of watching out for me. And uh, yeah. Hmm. So now the information you've got um, kind of uh, encrypted and hidden away. Do you know all the information that's in it yourself? Do you like? Do you personally know what? No, you don't. No, I, I never looked through it until 
uh, me and after all this stuff happened, uh, Ron was standing in my living room, and I and I went into my closet, and I came out, and I handed him a drive. And he's like, "What's this?" I was like, "Oh, these are the Epstein files." <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at me. He's like, "Oh, I don't want to hold it." So he gave it back. <laughs> and um, and I was like, "All right, you know, no problem." And I just kind of I I put it back. And, um, you know, a few days went by and we were talking and we said, you know, maybe we should just kind of take a quick peek at just some of the files to see what's on there, you know? And, um, she's like, well, he's like, all right. And we kind of agreed that we weren't going to like make it a point to identify anybody because really that's not what I wanted to do. Um, I don't want to identify anybody and come out and say, oh, this is who's on it. Because once I burn one person, then my leverage goes away and they say, well, I might be next and better get rid of this guy, you know? Right. So, um, so, um, I, uh, I start, I, I plugged the drive into a docking cradle and I started decrypting, decrypting it. Ron was sitting at my table taking a nap. And, I mean, uh, working on the laptop, I took a nap, and uh, I, I woke up and I looked, and uh, it had uh, it finished decrypting, and uh, I I opened it, and there were files from, I guess, 1994 to 2005, and uh, me and Ron, we just kind of picked a couple, we picked like seven, I think, hit random, and just kind of opened up and kind of scroll to the middle just to kind of see what was on there and uh, yeah most of it wasn't pretty yeah so um, so now Ron what are you guys going to do with uh, this information and, and you said uh, uh, you're talking about uh, TV series and things so uh, how, yeah, how are you going to do uh, this well I'm, I'm I've been working on it like uh, uh, we uh, signed a, co a contract about uh, nine months ago, and so I've been, you know, slowly working on it. I've got several projects I'm working on, and trying to look for uh, for an angle. And uh, I'm, I'm going to somehow incorporate it into the um, into the flow of the, um, of the of the narrative that I'm trying to develop for uh, for John's story on that on that sort of thing. Um, and uh, you know, the tapes. Uh, there's a lot of things I could I could do with it, and and the Epstein story isn't over yet. You know, there's it's still coming out, and we don't know what's going to happen. But you know, it, it makes for <laughs> a real exciting possibilities. You know, we were talking about, for example, the A Team. You remember the A Team on TV? Right. Uh, you know, suppose John. Um, uh, you know, and in his book, he he says he thought about revenge. Right. He thought about revenge against all these uh, people. You know, that that screwed up his life and. Uh, so what if, what if John developed a, an, an A-team, you know, a special team where you had a, some anti-money laundering expert, you had a, a you know, cyber expert, you had somebody in law enforcement, put them all together like the A-team with Mr. T, you know, and all that, and they went back, and, uh, and uh, John did get his revenge, you know, in some way. So, you know, there's a lot of possibilities on that. But, uh, you know, to talk about those, um, the, the scenes, uh, I actually saw a little less than John because... Uh, he had run them, yeah. and uh, I heard these noises in the background, 
and I was sitting at the, the table, and I turned around, and I go, hey, John, what's, what's, you know, what's that? And I looked, and I could see the image, and um, it, it really was just like surveillance tapes, you know, like you see in the, in the movies, you know, yeah. in a hotel, looking down, and, and uh, you know, it was, it was fairly far away, and uh, uh, pretty boring, you know, it, it, it was just a, a sex scene, you know, a young girl, and uh, it looked like an older, older guy, and uh, they ended up, uh, you know, having sex. And uh, I saw, I saw a little less than John because he did running him, like I said. So I saw maybe three of them. I think it was three, maybe four at the most. It was like four or five minutes on that. And then uh, we closed it up. But, uh, you know, it was pretty disgusting, as both John and I, you know, agreed after, you know, taking a glimpse at it. Mm. Well, uh, I think, I think um, a, a curious question, and, and people would probably follow up when they hear this by saying, um, why won't you um, turn the evidence over to some sort of police authority? Because the FBI already has it. Yeah, they, yeah. So, so you're they're sitting. On yeah. So, so what? Yeah, I just want to make that clear, but because um, so basically, you're saying that the FBI already has the evidence. They know what happened. The FBI already has it. They know they have it. And the reason they know they have it is because they contacted MI6 to tell them what I had. And so they don't want to pursue this, or, or do you think they're going to use that evidence down the road? Or what do you think they want to They've do? They've opened an investigation. They, they, they say that they're, that they're, they're going to uh, vigor, vigorously, this is what they're saying, and I've read in the, um, in the press, that they're vigorously going to pursue an investigation now. I don't know. They're, they're never going to release they're never going to bring up the tape, and I'm going to tell you why. They might use Prince Andrew as a fall guy, be like, yeah, we're going to vigorously protect this. Right. But I'm pretty sure I recognized somebody from one of those clips that we watched. He's a pretty prominent guy here. Well, not here, but in the U.S. Um, I couldn't place him first, but I, I, I think I know who he is. And... Uh, I think the FBI, there's going to be so many high-profile people in those tapes that the FBI is not going to pursue it because it would cause absolute chaos in our democracy. I agree with that because I think they're going to pay lip service. You know, it's going to look like it, and they're going to, it's just going to die out, hopefully, or at least they hope it's going to die out, just like evidence yeah. is death, yeah. you know, where, you know, where there's so many questions, and it just disappeared. You know, the, the whole story about how Epstein died, and a lot of people, of course, believe that it, it was, you know, fall play involved there. Well, what, what do you think the FBI, their motive is, but uh, just to protect these people, or do you think that they're controlled by these people? Um, because in, in, in a lot of the media, um, and, and the talk going around is that, uh, you know, Trump was involved, and uh, Bill Clinton was involved, and there's a lot of other names, but... Um, Trump and the FBI are not exactly on good terms. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't... Uh, no. I Honestly, yeah. I think some people, high-level government uh, and probably law enforcement, would be implicated by these tapes. That's my suspicion. So it's just kind of protecting their own, is sort of... Yeah. I, I, I yeah. agree with that. Uh, I think that's that's the most likely scenario that's going to evolve. 
So, so now, now, John, you've written a book, haven't you? Um, now, can people pick up the book anywhere? And uh, what's the book? And, and tell us where they can get it. Uh, it's on uh, Amazon. It's uh, Bad Wolf, B-A-D-V-O-L-F. And, uh, you know, I, I put it out about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't really make any money from it. No. But, uh, you know, I just want to make that clear because people are like, oh, you're trying to hawk his book. And honestly, I, I don't really care. <laughs> um, you know, I make, what, 50 cents or a dollar out of every book. And... Uh, I think I think my royalty check last month was uh, like four bucks from Germany. <laughs> so, so, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it's it's not like it's even buying me beer. So, um, but yeah, uh, I have a book and um, and people are free to read it. I don't I don't go in, into any detail on this because you know it wasn't it wasn't even a, a thought in my mind when I wrote the book. Um, but it's about, you know, me growing up, uh, you know, my dad was a, a drug smuggler back in the 80s. And, uh, you know, why I joined the Marine Corps and why I did what I did when I was a police officer and how I wound up in Russia. So. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting, very interesting story. Now, do you want people to have any sort of contact information on you? Do you have a website or anything you want people to know? Wow, they can they can look me up uh, on um, Facebook, John Mark Dugan, uh, D-O-U-G-A-N, or Instagram, uh, which is the Bad Wolf, T-H-E-B-A-D-V-O-L-F. You should explain what you mean by bad bad wolf, so people understand what that term means. Yeah, so Bad Wolf, B-A-D-V-O-L-F. Um, when I published the uh, when I published all the names. And actually, when I published the recordings of uh, Detective Mark Lewis admitting to uh, engaging in these crimes for the sheriff, I published them under the name Bad Wolf, uh, claiming to be a Russian hacker <laughs> to throw, uh, to, yeah, to throw everybody off the trail, so they weren't looking at me. You know, because recording somebody in the state of Florida, it's a five-year felony. Well, if you look me up in the system. I got 19 charges against me for recording, so I'm facing 95 years in prison for, for recording a dirty cop. Wow. That, uh, so whatever happened to uh, Mark Lewis, did he get convicted of any of these crimes? Oh, hell no. <laughs> Boy, they, they swept that under the rug. They, they sent it to internal affairs, and the only thing he got in trouble for was uh, speaking about unauthorized investigations. Wow. And um, so, now, um, Ron, uh, let's give out your information. So uh, your show and your website and anything like that, so people want to look you up and give it away. Yes, uh, my show is uh, The Crime Be with Ron Chepsick, and it's uh, uh, at the Artist First, artistfirst.com website. You can look it up every Thursday at 8 p.m. i got a website, ronchepsick.com, R-O-N-C-H-E-P-E-S. IUK.com, and I'm available on uh, Facebook. You can friend me if you want, and um, uh, that's about it. And, and you've written a book or two, haven't you? Oh yeah, right. I've, I've written about 35 uh, <laughs> books, and uh, Jesus, you, you can check them out on my. Um, plus, I'm, I'm a screenwriter now, so I've got uh, I've optioned some scripts. 
But just check it out on, on my website, ronchepsick.com. That sounds good. Well, um, so just before we go, um, John, I was just going to say, uh, what is it you want or hope that people get out of uh, you speaking out and, and your book and everything you're doing in the public? What is it you want people to come away with? Don't trust the government. Don't trust law enforcement. You know, 90% of the guys are good guys, but um, they still protect the 10% that are bad guys. And, uh, you know, I, I think people need to uh, make us think about why the FBI is hiding this information. And they need to, uh, they need to demand absolutely demand, they need to march on their local FBI offices demanding them to um, do a proper investigation because this Epstein, this Epstein guy and his uh, group of friends, they're a bunch of dirty scumbags and they deserve all the rotten hell. And for them to be protected by the FBI, I mean, there's absolutely no excuse. Another thing, too, is is do your diligence. What's amazing is uh, a lot of these uh, officials are so corrupt, but they're elected by the people, <laughs> and they keep being reelected again and again. And uh, so you, you, you know, you, the only people you can blame are the, are the people that are electing them. So uh, people that are are voters in uh, the, the American democracy are going to have to do a better job of diligence on the people that are running for office and pay much more attention. And maybe that's uh, you know that'd be one step in how how to deal with the pervasive corruption that exists you know in our official institutions. Mm, can't agree more. Well, this has been an interesting hour, and I have to thank you both. Um, our, our guests have been Ron Chepsek and of course John Mark Dugan. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Yeah. Good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Yeah. Good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.